Our guest speaker this morning is Henry Walker. Henry graduated from Tulane Law School in 1968 and practiced civil rights and criminal defense law thereafter. Chiefly in North Louisiana, he, lit, he hired Lori Lyons as an associate in 1982. As time went on, they fell in love, married, and started their partnership as Walker and Lyons, where they worked until their retirement in 2009. Henry is a past president of the State Criminal Defense Bar, working in the battle to reform the statewide public defense system. Henry served on the Louisiana State Bar, Bar Association's Right to Counsel Committee and was also appointed to the governor's task force on public defense. On the civil rights side, Henry helped force Shreveport's police and fire departments to hire women and people of color. Having served on the board of the State Bar Foundation, Henry uh, chaired its domestic violence section. Recently, the R.W. Norton Museum in Shreveport made Henry's oral history recollections on the uh, local civil rights struggles a part of the permanent uh, foundation's collection in Shreveport. I know no other white man who is more impassioned about civil rights. Um, before I was out of high school, sorry to date you, Henry, <laughs> I was hearing of Henry defending people in the city that the police were uh, trying to prevent from public assembly. I knew his name long before I met him, and his uh, passion has not wavered. His presence in the, in the community and the state and on the issues that matter has not wavered. And we are very honored this morning to welcome our speaker, who is also a member of this church, Henry Walker. to put together my remarks for you this morning I I was gonna title it the morning after until I realized that may have spoken to my college career <laughs> and very much like that famous Democrat James Carville who said that his grade point average at LSU was the same as his blood alcohol content <laughs> But for many of us, the morning after really happened, did it not, on November the 9th when we woke to the horror of who the hell we just elected. And we thought, well, we've heard a lot of bad stuff, but you know, I mean, the, the President of the United States, he's going to pay attention. He, people will guide him. He will do like all presidents do. He will surround himself with people that are smarter than him. It didn't work out. We had no idea how deadly 
a danger, a narcissistic personality disorder person really was. The best forensic psychiatrist, I think, to ever grace this area was a fellow named George Seiden. He told me one day, he said, Henry, the most dangerous people out there are the narcissists. Because for them, the world is about them and at their beck. And they are mostly criminals. I don't have an argument with that. What we learned is, is about the, the several things that just keep chewing at you. The incredible ignorance. A person who has never read a book to anyone's knowledge, including asking his kids. There are no books in his office. He simply won't read. And he won't read what they put before him every morning as president, the things that he's got to know about the world. Won't read it. Even when they convince it, condense it into one page, won't do it. He says that I'm smart because look at my record in business, and that means that's how I'm going to be. And I can take care of all this because I've got a lot of common sense. It's going to fool me. The, fa the fact that he has a, what was the term at Columbia, have a sixth grade education level, at, at his reading level, and in his speeches. We're also horrified, of course, about, about the, by the midnight tweets, written like a child that likes playing with fire, which he's doing with the other child in North Korea. This is deadly stuff and should scare us to death. Or the totally unqualified and dishonest, mega-rich know-nothings that he puts on his cabinet, which will harm our shared environment like nothing we have ever seen. And that's going on as we speak. The damage to our public school systems, if we don't do something, is going to be irreversible because the person in charge of that doesn't believe in those things. If you're smart enough, then you ought to be able to pay for it to go into a private school. Excuse me? This is what's in front of us. Or his, his statement that Vladimir Putin is our friend the KGB chief. Are you kidding me? Our friend, and this is the danger, he will not recognize the sanctions against Russia. He won't move against them. I think we all suspect why, but it doesn't matter. This is so dangerous in this world. And we're looking at the judicial nominees that he has, and this is especially harmful for me because this man is putting people on the federal bench, the people that decide constitutional issues and issues dealing with First Amendment or freedom of religion. And he bypassed the American Bar Association to put these people in, in their places for a lifetime appointment. And the American Bar Association came back and objected strongly saying the people he had put on 
put before us were totally unqualified. And this is the nightmare that continues to haunt us. And I guess most disturbing, of course, is his virulent racism. Nobody doubted that before this last week. When he came, he comes by it. He comes by it honestly. His dad was arrested at a Klan meeting. He's been sued several times, more than several times, he and his father, for not being willing to lease apartments to blacks. And look what he did at Charlottesville and said that there were good people on both sides. No, there are not, there were not. People that marched with signs that say, Jews will not replace us are good people. Not in my world and not in your world. And then he refused to call out David Duke, said he didn't know who he was. David Duke is now, if you listen online, David Duke is talking about how pleased he is that he helped him, uh, he helped put this man in office. Now, I may be dating you, but if you don't remember David Duke at LSU, if you don't remember the nightmare of this man, this Holocaust-denying monster who's delighted that we have this president. And of course, then we have the horror of this last week, the, the bipartisan meeting involving immigrants who are in danger, either natural dangers or political dangers in Haiti, El Salvador, in the continent of Africa. And he said, why are we, why do we want immigrants from these shithole states? And the next day it was around the whole world on the, on the front page of every newspaper in this planet. And he shames my nation with this. He also said that everybody in Haiti has AIDS. This is the kind of mentality we're dealing with. This is unlike anyone who has ever been in that office. Make no mistake about that. And by the way, if you run across people, and I do all the time, that say, oh, I just can't listen anymore. I just don't want to go, I just can't go any further than this. It drives me crazy. You can't do that. That's not good enough. Not this man. Not this time. We cannot sit back. Actually, I want to say it's your duty as an American citizen. We are United States of America and we will not do, lie down to this. We simply will not. I guess what I want to say about all that is if you're not scared, you're not paying attention. Amen. Now all the foregoing aside, all of that, push all that aside because we really haven't gone to the main issue. Because this guy is, is so different, so way different from anybody that I've known in my lifetime and I'm older than most of y'all. The difference, the real nightmare, is the grotesque ignorance 
that he really has no knowledge whatsoever about the American system of government. He does not know. He thinks he has been elected as sort of an overlord, somebody in whose, uh, where all central power comes to him. And we are careening, careening towards author, towards auto, auto, auto inter, Jesus. <laughs> Authoritarianism, got it out. And that is, is that, that authoritarianism is where the state decides for all, all constitutional issues, all freedoms, are subordinate to the interests of the state. Is that the America we want? It cannot be. And this narcissist thinks that he is the state. He doesn't understand why he's not. You know, a year ago we were we were about to be involved in an election, and we still had all our freedoms intact. We were the envy of every freedom-loving nation and person on this planet. And from the day that that started last January, we have descended into night. We, we are taking a man who is misusing democracy, majority rule. He's misusing that for his base, raising issues involving race. He does it all the time. And if he isn't stopped by the 2018 midterm elections, we are in real trouble. But that is our only hope, and that's a year away. In the meantime, we've got to fight, and we've got to write, we've got to do more individually than we have ever done. I mean, think of what we, people really, Take, uh, take our system for granted. I mean, the freedom of, of forming a government, a country that had never done it before in the history of the planet, where we designed our own government for the people. And this man is gonna harm that over my dead body. I mean, look at, look at how George Washington did and what made him, after two terms, he could have been elected king and there were people that wanted him to be elected king. But he turned it down and said, no, we must have limits on the power of the president. And I'm going home to my farm at Mount Vernon and he did. Compare that with Donald Trump, who, who understands none of that. None of it. He's just that ignorant. He's just that dangerous. Look at what he does to the First Amendment. And I'm not even going to get into the issues. 
of, of freedom of religion, freedom of speech, those are being prostituted as we, as we are here by his minions. But think for a minute of what he has done to one of the best and most important liberties that we have, which is the free press. Without the freedom of the press, we would not have the country we have. And this man is, has no idea about any of this. Of course, the person that, that put the issue of freedom of press best, of course, who else would be Thomas Jefferson? And we compare what this man has done in, you know, in the context of his, Trump's constant references to fake news. Thomas Jefferson says, when the speech condemns a free press, you are hearing the words of a tyrant. Oh, and I want to tell you, if you have not gone to see the movie, The Post, you should go there today. It is astonishing. And it speaks to exactly what we're talking about here today. And I remember those days like it was yesterday, the Vietnam War and the Pentagon Papers. And they tried to stifle the press. And Justice Hugo Black, who was a Ku Klux Klansman from, from Alabama before he ascended to the high court, he said, the press was to serve the government, not the governors. That's it. I, 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 sometimes, I do a lot, I vacillate between rage and, and tears. Makes me think of Mark Anthony standing over the body of Caesar when he said, if you have tears, prepare to shed them now. And I do. I, I, I think all the time about the, the, what, what we're having to deal with, this national nightmare. He, this, this is a man who has shamed us with his fear-mongering racism. What, what did Dr. King call it? Conscientious ignorance? For him to be willing to, perfectly willing to stifle our freedom. A freedom that our forefathers fought and died for. What my dad fought and died for. My dad went to West Point and was a light colonel at 26. And when he went over, he knew what he was going over for. And he wrote his dad and said, if I don't come back, tell my children that they would do well to follow the West Point motto, duty, honor, country. And that's where, where I've come today to talk about what Hamlet said, and thus the conscience make cowards of us all. What that means is we know what's right, we know what we ought to be doing, but we're afraid. 
And I've been there, we all have. We don't want to speak out sometimes at a cocktail party anywhere. We just don't want to do it. Well, we don't have any choice anymore, and that's my message today. We don't have a choice anymore. Because we have to speak out and do more than we have ever done before. And it hasn't got to be go down screaming. What you can do, as Barbara pointed out, you better be on Saturday at 11 o'clock at the courthouse. You will be delighted because there women are screaming that we will not put up with this. We will not have our rights to health and reproductive freedom taken away. It takes one more justice on the court and we're done. We can't have that happen. God forbid. People, I have heard people tell me, well, you know, what if I get seen on TV? Well, I mean, my employer or my wife's family, they're going to go nuts. I don't give a damn what they do. We don't have a choice. We are Americans, and we have a heritage that we're not about to give up, are we? Amen. Thank you.